found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. So Paul not only tells the Christmas story, he tells the Easter story, the great demotion from heaven to a manger, from a manger to a cross. Let me ask you a question. I want you to lean in. I want to, I want to ask those of you that are online and those of you that are here, are we devoted enough to be demoted? Are you devoted enough to what God has called you to do that you're willing to be demoted? As a, that was better than the amens I got. I'm glad the McCrary sisters are up here on the front row. Are you devoted enough to be demoted? What if God wants you to do something that is lower than who you are? What if it's, it's below your training? What if it's below your pay grade? What if what you want to do is not what God wants you to do right now? I hear people all the time that have great dreams when they come to Nashville. They have great dreams and things they're going to do. And yet many times they, they spend a whole bunch of time doing stuff they never wanted to do. When I first came here, they said, you know what you call a songwriter in Nashville? And I said, no. They said, waiter. That's what you call a songwriter in Nashville. Are you willing to spend some time doing things that you know you're better than? Maybe you're trained more than. I look at the story of David. David was anointed to be king by the prophet, and yet after he was anointed to be king, he still went out and tended the sheep. And that's what trained him to be the warrior that he was. What if what you want to do in the kingdom of God you may want to be a mouth, but God needs a pinky toe. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's going to see you, but it's going to help us keep our balance. Are you devoted enough to be demoted? So Paul tells the Christmas story from heaven to a manger. Paul tells the Easter story from the manger to a cross. But then Paul tells the end of the story story. Look at this. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. And gave him the the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the gospel all in one passage. That's why Philippians is is one of my favorite books in the Bible. It's concise. Paul tells you everything that's going on from the beginning of time to the end end of time, just in a matter of verses. You know, we read this last week. John wrote about the end of time in Revelations 11. It says, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. I don't know about you, but when they were singing about Jesus today, something in me welled up because that's my Savior. That's my Lord. That's my King. And I remembered what we said last week. We've already read the end of the book, and he wins. Jesus is victorious. But here's what I want to tell you. If he is your Lord, then you're victorious as well. I really feel like somebody needs to hear this. Maybe it's on this side. I'll start over here. I really feel like somebody here needs to hear this. If Jesus is victorious and you are his child, then that means you're victorious as well. Now, I know some of you don't feel victorious because you're dealing with darkness and there's depression and and you keep messing up and there's things that you want to do that, that you can't do. You know who else was the same way? The Apostle Paul. He said, when I want to do good, I don't. When I try not to do bad, I still do. You're not the only one that deals with that. 
the gentleman that wrote most of the New Testament, a bunch of the New Testament, had the same issues that he was dealing with. But I want to help you today. If you do not see yourself as victorious, I want everybody to look at me and listen to me. Look at me. Those online, hear what I'm saying. If you do not see yourself as being victorious in any area of your life, I want to help you today. How many want me to help you help you today? If you are not living victorious, it's because you see the enemy in a way that you shouldn't see him. If you're not living victorious, you don't see yourself the way that Jesus sees you. Many people that I talk to, when they talk about the enemy, they see the enemy as ruling over them. They see the enemy as more powerful than them. They're afraid to, they're afraid to, to pray against the works of the enemy. They're afraid to, they're, they're afraid to come against darkness because they feel like that Satan has a rule and a power over them. What I want to change your mindset today because the scripture tells us that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Look at your neighbor and say, what is in me is greater than what's out there. Now say it like this, say, who is in me is greater than who is out there. I want you to look at what happens at salvation. Because I think that many people, they know that Jesus saves them, but they don't really believe that he gives gives us victory. They look at someone like the McCrary's and they say, well, maybe one day I could get to that place. Or, or you look at a pastor, or you look at a leader and you go, now, now that person's living victoriously because they've been doing it for a long time. But I want you to read what happens at salvation. Colossians 1 and 13. When you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, look what happens. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. He has transferred us into the kingdom of his, his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. As soon as you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, these are the transactions that happen. He rescues you. He transfers you. He frees you and he forgives you. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a victorious life right there. Amen. I want you to grab hold of this today. It's not about just being saved and and getting out of hell and into heaven. It's about living an overcoming, abundant, victorious life that Jesus Christ promised. He said, I have come that you may have life and that you would have it more abundantly. That's the life that he wants us living. And not just when we get to heaven, but right here, right now. You are no longer a part of the kingdom of darkness. He rescued you from that. But he didn't just rescue from the kingdom of darkness. He transferred you into his kingdom. So what that means is as soon as you were saved, you become a citizen of another kingdom. You're not of this world. This, not, this world doesn't control you. You have a different set of values now because you've been transferred into a new kingdom. You are no longer part of the kingdom of darkness, which means you are no longer under the rule of Satan. Matter of fact, can I take it to another level? Say, yeah, if you want me to take it to another level. That was bad. This part, y'all sounded good. Over here, we're going to have to work on it just a little bit. Not only are you no longer under the rule of Satan, you are seated in a place above Satan. Do you see yourself that way? When you think about your walk with the Lord, 
Do you see yourself seated in a place above your enemy? You should. Look what Ephesians says, Ephesians 2 and 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We are seated with him in heavenly realms. Let me take it another level. I'm going to open my Bible because here's the deal. I I want you to see this. It's not in your notes, but I'm going to read it. It's also in Ephesians. Remember, we're seated with him in heavenly places. Look how he's seated. This is Ephesians 1 and 19 for those that are taking notes. 1, 19 through 23. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heavenly realms. Now watch this. This is important. Now he is far above any ruler or authority, our power, our leader, or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things, everybody say all. All things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Who is the church? That's me, right? And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So the scripture tells us that when Jesus was resurrected and he ascended to the right hand of the Father, the Father seated him in a place of authority above all principalities, power, might, and dominion, anything that is named or ever will be named. And guess who's seated with him? Me. You. Seated with him in heavenly places. If you and I'm getting a little Pentecostal today, all right? Help me. Gwen, you may have to come calm me down, baby girl. Listen, McCrary sisters, make sure y'all see Gwen before you leave, okay? I want y'all to hug on her. Listen to me. This is very important. I want us to get this. I know this is not a typical Christmas message, but I felt like God spent some time with us talking about us being the the indivisible body of Christ. And now I want us to understand that we are not only the body of Christ, but we have the authority of Christ. He has given us his authority. When you place your faith in Jesus, write this down. You become a citizen of another kingdom. And I love this, a kingdom that our Father happily gives to us. How many of you would, maybe you're a lot like me, that if you bled and died and suffered and resurrected and had all power and authority, how many would be just a little stingy sharing it? Come on, raise your hand. You know, you jockey for position in a line at Starbucks. Yes, that's right. We, we fight and dig and claw to get, Jesus is not that way. As soon as he gets something, he can't wait to give it to his kids. Look at what he says here, Luke 12 and 31. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Just to hand it to you. The keys to the kingdom are ours and look at everything that comes with that kingdom. I want you to, if you, if you, uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew 28, 18. Those of you, it's in your handouts and it should be on the screen as well. I want to break this scripture down for just a moment. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus says this. This is after his death, burial, and resurrection. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and in earth. Let's break that down. In your notes, I have it there. That word I, 
That is his identity. I, me, I am the son of God. I am the king of kings. I am the Lord of lords. He had an understanding of what his identity was. This is what every child of God needs to grasp. The three things I'm about to share with you, every child of God needs to understand, first of all, who you are in Christ Jesus, I. Secondly, he says all. That word all speaks of his authority. I speaks of his identity. All speaks of his authority. Do you know I I love studying the Greek and the Hebrew, and I love going into the in-depth meanings of, of words and so I've done this for years. And, and when I come to that word all, I went in deep into the, into the Greek. And you know what it means? All. All. Look at your neighbor and say, that's some deep preaching right there. That's, you know what all means? As we'd say in Mississippi, 100%. There is none left over. Are you, are you hear what I'm saying? All. So how much authority does the enemy have? None. Yeah, y'all got y'all. Huh? How much authority does the enemy have? How much authority does Satan have? None. Because all of it has been given to Jesus Christ. And then it says heaven and earth. Heaven and earth speaks of his territory. I, identity, all, authority. Heaven and earth, his territory. That means he has authority over everything. There is no place that you can go that is not already his. There's no sphere of influence that God calls you to that God doesn't already have territory there. If God calls you to be a business person, God has already has the territory. He owns it. And if he calls you there, you walk in that authority in that territory. If God calls you to the music business, if God calls you to the arts, if God calls you to ministry, if God calls you to be a parent, he already owns the territory he's sending to you. That's why he told Abraham, wherever your foot sits, it becomes yours. This is what I want us as a church to grasp. This is not about having a a beautiful building in Bellevue. This is about taking territory for our king. I'm going to amen myself. And what does he do with his identity? What does he do with his authority? And what does he do with his territory? He gives it freely to us. Write that down. Jesus gives us his identity, his authority, and his territory. He gives us his identity. Watch what he says in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, because I've said these things, I have been given all power, all authority in heaven and earth. And then there's that word, therefore. My daddy always taught me, when you see a therefore, you see what it's there for. So if you see a therefore, you go back to the preceding scripture. Because I have all authority in heaven and earth, I want you to go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, he knows his identity, and he gives that identity to us. I want you to take the identity that I have, and I want you to go baptize them in the name. Go put that identity on them as well. And then he commissions us to go and give that to others. He not only gives us his identity, he gives us his territory. I love reading the Great Commission in Matthew 28, but I also love reading it in Mark 16. Look at what he says. 
he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. How much of the world? How much of creation? Matthew said all nations. So all the world, all creation, all nations, all the territory that he has, he gives to us. And finally, he gives us his authority. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will drive out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will get well. This is the authority that God has given his children. I want you to write this down. The only authority the enemy has is the authority that we give him. The only authority the enemy has is the authority that you relinquish to him. I want that to sink in for just a moment. Because you're giving the devil too much credit. The only authority he has is the authority you give to him. It would be like you having a rabid dog in your backyard. And you just tell the kids, don't go outside, there's a, there's a, there's a rabid dog out there. Don't, don't go inside. Don't go outside. Just stay inside. Right? Instead of dealing with the dog, you start telling yourself where you can't go. What happens if the dog gets in the kitchen? You're going to stop going in the kitchen? What if he gets in the bedroom? You're going to stop going to the bedroom? We just keep giving the enemy more territory in our life and more. Okay, at church, when I'm with everybody, then I've got authority there. No, you have authority wherever you go because Christ has given it to you. I want to help us walk in freedom. And because Jesus has all authority, he has given that to us. I would say that's a pretty good Christmas gift. Wouldn't you agree? Understanding your authority is how you walk in victory. I want to say that one more time. That's not in your notes, but you probably should write it down. Having an understanding of your authority is how you walk in victory. There is no territory that you will ever enter that Jesus does not already have authority over, and he has given that authority to you. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Come on, how many received this word today? Amen. Now, I know some of you that are taking notes, we got a couple more blanks there. I want to wait on that till next week. I want to really dive in. I want to spend some time. I want to go a little more in depth on those, those things that we're going to talk about next week. So I want, to, I want to close it right here. I want to close it with you being able to marinate this week over the authority that you have in Christ Jesus. The identity, the territory, and the authority that he has given us. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, that we're going to look back on this day one, one day, and, and we're, going to, we're going to remember how beautiful it was on this December day. And we're in the parking lot, and the McCrary sisters just brought us into your presence. And, and God, there are going to be folks in this parking lot that are going to look back on this day, and they're going to say, that was the day I understand, understood who I really was in Christ. I understood the authority that I have and that I've been living in fear for so long. I've been, I've been intimidated for so long. But something happened on that day in that parking lot that changed my perspective of my Jesus and who I am in him. Lord, your word says that you've not given us a spirit of fear 
our, our timidity. But God, you've given us, given us power, love, and a sound mind. And I speak right now, Lord, to those that are battling with fear and, and anxiety and stress. I pray, God, that they would stand up strong, standing on your word and standing on your promises, knowing that you've called us to great things. I pray, God, for those that, that don't even feel peace in their own home. I pray, Lord, that today they go home and they let the enemy know he has no right there. Come on, I want to encourage you today. Open a door. Open a door and say, get on out of here. You have no right here. The enemy has no right over your family, over your business, over your finances, over your health. He has no authority whatsoever, so stop giving it to him. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hear some of you right now saying, but you don't know the, the condition that my life is in. You don't understand, but he does, and he gave you the authority to walk over it. For those of you that are, that are single adults and you feel, you feel alone during this time, I want you to know that he's given you the authority to walk through this. You've got a church family. You've got a body of believers that love you. You've got a Holy Spirit that loves you and wants to comfort you during this time and season. Those of you that are walking through death and despair, I believe today that the Holy Spirit, the comforter, is coming alongside of you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. How many feel that? Do you feel that, that, that shift right there? That's a little, I call it a shift in the atmosphere that happens when you understand your authority. And that's when the enemy goes, "Uh uh-oh, they're they're getting on to it now. If the enemy can just keep us, just be good little believers now. Be good little believers. But if we ever start understanding who we are and what we can do, then we can take this city for Jesus. Amen. How about those of you today that, that have never started a relationship with Jesus Christ? I want to give you an opportunity to do that. This is typically when they would start playing the soft music and they would get your emotions malleable, okay? But we're not going to do that today. Just me and you, just straight on. Have you asked Jesus to be your Lord? I'm talking about not the Jesus in the manger. I'm talking about King Jesus, Lord of Lords, the one that's coming back on a white horse with heaven's heaven's uh, throngs coming behind him, with the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords written on his thigh and his robe dipped in blood, the one that's going to put Satan into the bottomless pit. That's who I'm talking about. That's the King Jesus I'm talking about. Have you asked him to be your Lord? Why wouldn't you? He's Lord of everything. He rules everything. And all it, all it takes is for you to submit your rule to his rule. And here's what I love. As soon as you say, you're my king, he does not call you in and call you a subject. He brings you in and calls you a child. Why don't you ask him today to be your Lord? It's very simple because he's already done the hard work. You just have to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and the scripture says, you shall be saved. So those of you that are here today, those of you that are watching online, why don't you join with the Hills family as we pray this prayer. Maybe it's for you, it's a recommitment. Your, your life has just gotten a little shallow and, and stale and you want to recommit your life to Jesus. Just join with us in this prayer. Just say it after me. Come on, pray it. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your death, your burial, your resurrection. Thank you for your life that you have given me. Today I confess that I am nothing without you. Today I confess that you are my Lord, you are my Savior, you are my King. Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your grace. 
Come on, say this loud. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and everlasting life with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, shout amen today. Hey, Hills family, let's celebrate. Honk those horns, clap those hands for the folks that just prayed that prayer.